Heavenly Father, we believe that this Bible is your word and that through it you speak to us. And we just pray that you might do exactly that today. We pray that as we come to your word, that you by your spirit might plant it deep in our hearts, that it might produce a crop 30, 60 or even 100 fold. We just pray that we will hear this today as you speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Then Jesus came to his disciples and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. For those of you who were here last week, uh, which wasn't me, I had to stay home because we were waiting on test results and all of that stuff. But you'd know that we had a special time of Thanksgiving when we looked back uh, on 2021 and all of the, the things that we had to be thankful for and we, we uh, you know, the photos of, of the things people were thankful for and the blessing tree and looking back on all that God has done for us. And this week, following on from that, I wanted to turn 180 degrees and start looking forward into 2022. I don't know who among you had a New Year's resolution, uh, what you wanted to do this year, Something around, you know, daily exercise or uh, eating better or getting a project done or whatever our goals might be. And I wanted to think this morning, what is our resolution? What's our goal for 2022 at Birdwood United Church? What's our purpose for the year collectively as a church? Um, you know, as individuals, we'll all have our own areas that we're working in, but together as as the church that God has placed in this community. What are we aiming to do this year? And in a real sense, it's the same goal that it's always been. That passage we read out today, make disciples of all nations. So that's sharing the gospel with people who might not have heard it before. That's part one of the job that Jesus gave his disciples to do. Go As you're going, make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, they, they pop up into heaven straight away. That's how it goes. There's more to the task, isn't there? And, and teaching them to obey everything, teaching them all of the things that I've taught you, teaching them what the kingdom of God is like and what it means to be a, the people of the kingdom of God. So that's the second part, making growing disciples, growing together as God's people uh, to be more like him. Now, I don't know about you, I find the second part of the, uh, the, the job that Jesus gave us to do much easier than the first part. I find it's much easier to talk about the gospel with people who believe in Jesus and to be able to encourage one another and build one another up and share 
our struggles and pray with one another and support one another and all of these things, um, those come more naturally to me than the going and making disciples, the part where we share the gospel with people who haven't heard it before or who maybe have heard it before but uh, walked away and need to hear it afresh. But both of these are part of the mission that God has given us. Now, it is worth stating that God has made us different and he's given us different gifts. And some people are better at part one of the job that Jesus has given us and some people are better at that part too. But even if your primary gifting is not as an evangelist, we're not all missionaries but we're all part of the mission jesus has called each and every one of us uh, well he's called us through through peter who called us to always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have in in the the days of the early disciples only a few only you know your pauls and barnabases and silas's and some of those were set apart to actually go and get on ships and go to different places and spread the gospel But Joe Blow in the marketplace in Antioch still needed to be able to be ready for when his neighbour asked him, why do you go to this whole church thing on Sunday? Have an answer of why he's invested his life into following Jesus or why she's invested her life into following Jesus. So how do we go about then doing the great commission that Jesus has given us in 2022? I want to start off with one of the most important things, that we trust in Jesus to do his part. Jesus hasn't left us to do it all in our own strength. Jesus has given us the message, which is all about him. Jesus is the eternal son of God. He was there when the world was made. The world was made through him and the world was made for him. Everything that has been made was made through him. And yet we had all gone our own way. We had all rejected God and through that we'd rejected Jesus and we had turned away from the way that God had made us to make ourselves the rulers of our own lives. We'd taken all of the good things that God had given us and said, thanks, I'll take all the good things, I just don't want you. And that's the essence of what sin is. But while we were still sinners, Jesus came to our earth, born of a virgin. He was born as a human, still fully God, but also fully human with all of the things that come with that, except for one thing that usually comes with being human, and that is sin and falling short of the glory of God. And then having taught the people about the kingdom of God as one who knew about it firsthand, he died because he came to his own, but his own rejected him because 
He was the light of the world. But people who had been living in darkness decided they liked the darkness more than the light. He died because that was what, what our enemy, and the Bible is clear that we have an enemy, the accuser, Satan, had stirred up Jesus' enemies to do was to put him to death. But he also died because it was God's plan and because it was his plan from the very beginning. He gave his life. It wasn't stolen from him. He gave his life as a ransom for many. And he who was without sin bore our sin on the cross so that God looked upon him and saw our sin and poured out the punishment that our sins deserved and have those sins having been punished and paid for. God looks at us and sees the righteousness of Jesus. And all that we need for this to happen, for us to be among those that God sees as righteous, is that we put our faith in Jesus, that we follow him as our saviour, and as our Lord, the one who rules our lives. So I'm going to say a lot of things about mission today and about the things that, the, that God is calling the church to do. But it's very important, that's why I wanted to emphasise that right from the start, that we remember that we're just joining in with the work that Jesus has already started. We're not doing it all in our own strength we are taking the message that Jesus has given us through his life, through his sacrifice, through his resurrection from the dead and the hope of life eternal. And we're sharing that with the world around us. So what is, what's our mission going to look like this year? It was very exciting, I thought, last year that for the first time in a long time we ran a an evangelistic outreach program, the Life Series. And you know what? People came and they heard the good news of Jesus. And I, I know at least uh, one of those families that came, they came from quite a distance. And, and they'd sort of been on the fringe of churches but not really committed their lives to Jesus. And since that Life Series, they're attending a church regularly. Not this church, but a church. And that's what matters. It doesn't matter if they end up here. What matters is if they end up in the kingdom of God. And so we're looking to do something like that, the Life Series or a program like it again this year. And I wanted to tell you all about that now because it's something. a program like that doesn't just happen. In order for somebody to receive an invitation to come to the Life Series, like, yes, we can put them out in the letterboxes and you might occasionally get someone, but what really will draw people is if we've built the relationships with them and they, they've seen some Christ-like in us, some Christ-likeness in us, and want to know more. We can... Look, know that that's coming and we can be ready to, to, to build those relationships where you can invite somebody to come along. But we don't only evangelise through, through programs that we run. Uh, it's important that we help one another to um, 
you know, about, about how we raise those conversations, how we, how we talk to our non-believing family members, our, our work colleagues, our, our classmates, whatever it might be. How do we even begin that conversation about Christ? And so this year I, I want us to be doing, uh, I want the church to be able to do some training type events to help people think about what, if somebody asks me what I believe, what is even, like, if I ask you what's the gospel in one sentence right now, that's a, that's a pretty confronting thing to suddenly have to think about. And so we want to run some programs like this to help encourage one another in being able to share our testimony, be able to share the love of Jesus with the people that we know. There is another form of outreach that our church is already heavily involved in and one that I believe that God's been blessing and that's the one I want to spend most of the time talking about this morning. And that is children's ministry, the super club and super summer fun, which is, again, happening this week. Uh, hence the timing of this message somewhat. But um, even the super club, some of you might know it as that thing where we, we have to take all the chairs out of the church for. Uh, and then, then you know, those of us who are involved in the super club have to drag them all back in again afterwards. But what actually happens there? And, and what's, why has the church invested all the energy that it has in these things? Why share the gospel with children? For me, the number one reason is because Jesus valued them. Jesus valued the faith of children. He didn't look down on them. He spoke highly of their faith. Anyone who thinks that a child can't have a genuine faith in God, uh, they might need to have some words with Jesus. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. I don't know how many of you have seen, seen the TV show The Chosen. I know, I know a number of the people in the church quite enjoy that one. There's a whole episode in that about uh, Jesus before his ministry had officially started and these children you know, discovered this guy camping on the outskirts of town and, and, and he taught them and he respected them and they came back to him day after day. Now, the, the people who make this program, they know that these events didn't happen. Like they've added some stuff that wasn't in the Bible. But what, what is the truth in these episodes is the character of Jesus that it represents. It teaches us something about who Jesus was. And Jesus, as we know from this story, he, he did not look down on the little children. The commission is to go to everyone, to each generation. Everyone should have the right to hear the good news of salvation. And it's not up to us whether people believe it, whether they respond to it in faith in Jesus. But we can help whether or not they hear it in the first place and have the opportunity to believe. 
Now, uh, some of you know we've had Chris Battistuzzi from Scripture Union up here a number of times, and he's quite keen on saying that the church is only ever one generation from extinction. And that, you know, that is quite true. But there is also another side to that. Jesus said, on the rock, on, on Peter, but you know, he will build his church and the gates of hell will not triumph over it. And that means, it, that should not encourage us to just sit around and the church will be okay because you know, Jesus said the gates of hell will not triumph over it. But what it does mean, if Jesus has promised that the church will endure, that means that in every place, in every generation, there will be some that will hear the good news and they will believe. Because the church will endure. And so there must be some people who will hear the gospel and they will believe. And that is a great encouragement in any sort of mission. That anything that we do for Christ is not wasted. But that he uses all of it for the glory of God. At Super Club and at Super Summer Fun, kids who have never heard the gospel before hear it. It astounds me in some ways at the Super Club that parents that don't believe in Jesus are so happy to send their kids to a place where we're very upfront that we are teaching these kids about Jesus and about the gospel. And Likewise, at Super Summer Fun and the kids that come there. Last year at Super Summer Fun, uh, one of the highlights, I think, for the entire team was that two of the kids who were uh, you know, from families that were not churchgoers, regular churchgoers by any means, they, they wandered over to the tent with all the resources uh, that, that Scripture Union has there. And... Uh, having heard all of the stories throughout the week about Jesus and they wanted to know more and they took home their own Bibles. And they've been, well, we know at least one of them has been reading that Bible. And God's word does incredible things. And then then there's Super Club. Uh, We have... The kids who've been coming along uh, for a certain number of times, they get given a Bible. And then if they've come another 30 times, they get like a devotional to help them really get into their Bible. And the amount of kids that have been really excited to take home their Bible has been a real encouragement in this ministry. And then, you know, I mentioned that a number of these kids aren't from church backgrounds. But then, you know, lately, anywhere I go, my kids have ended up going, and, and a lot of the volunteers are, the same, uh, are in the same boat. But the kids who are from church families, they're not just making up the numbers. They're being fed. They're being encouraged in their faith. They're seeing people being the hands and the feet of Jesus. And, and hopefully, we pray, seeing some Christ-likeness in us. And they're even learning what it looks like to share their faith with others as they see us doing that at these places. Now you might be thinking, well this is good news hearing about what God has been doing uh, in, in Super Club and Super Summer Fun. 
hearing about what our church is involved in, but what does it have to do with you? Well, it's probably too late for anybody to join the Man of Mission right now, although it is a, it is a um, down at the, the Marianne Reserve near the Rowing Club in Manham, and it's sort of a public program, so anybody's welcome to come and take a look uh, or bring, bring kids along or uh, just see what it is that we do there. Uh, it's not too late for you to join Super Club, though, and anybody out there who's thinking, oh, that sounds interesting, I'd love to talk to you because we run on a perpetual cycle of not quite having enough volunteers or as many as we would like. But more to the point, I wanted to go to that line I said earlier that we are not all missionaries, but we are all a part of the mission. That's true of this part of our mission, our mission to kids through Super Club and Super Summer Fun. It's true of the missionaries that we support as a church in in various parts of the world, uh, doing various work to bring glory to Christ. But Paul had a phrase that he liked to use for the churches who supported his missionary work. They were his partners in the gospel. And everyone here can be partners of the mission work, uh, whether you're personally involved or not. And there are a couple of big things that we can do. Prayer. Prayer is a huge way that you can support us. Now, I have in this little envelope here uh, something that's been drawn up for the Super Summer Fund this week for anybody who would like to pray for us. Sometimes, yeah, some people are quite happy just praying generally. God, we pray that things will go well for the Super Summer Fund program. But some people like knowing a bit more about what's happening each day so you can pray specifically for those things. And so uh, anybody who would like to pray for us, please uh, see me to take one of these home and please be praying for us because prayer is a huge support. And sometimes, sometimes when we, we can feel a bit like prayer is what you do when you can't do anything, but that's, that's just... You know, that's, that's just what we think when we're getting discouraged. That's not the reality of the situation. The reality is prayer is an expression of our trust that God is in control and that whether or not these things, uh, these missions will do any good depends on if God is working in us and through us. Unless the Lord builds the house, in vain its builders strive. So we value every person that prays for the mission, for Super Club, and for everything that our church is doing. As I said, you can come and visit Super Club and that, uh, Super Summer Fun, and that would be a great way for you to uh, see what's happening and encourage the ministry that's happening. And last and certainly not least, you can support financially. You can support both the, the church. Uh, you can support Scripture Union, who are the ones who, uh, who are behind a lot of the things that we're able to do at Super Club and at Super Summer Fun. And this is predominantly what Paul's partners in the gospel did. They didn't go across to, to Galatia or Macedonia or, or um, yeah, any of the places Paul went. But what they did was they made it possible for him to do it. And in so doing, he called them his partners in the gospel. Food, Bibles, the resources, they all cost money. 
Uh, and so that's another way that people can be, uh, be partners in the mission that's happening all around us. There are hopefully going to be a lot of things happening in the church where we can be a witness to our community about the goodness of Christ, about eternal life in his name, about forgiveness for sins and letting go of guilt and fear and shame. And most of us won't be involved in each and everything that happens. We're not all missionaries, but we're all part of the mission. And that's what I want to encourage us all with as we look forward to this year, that we all have a role to play, whatever it might be, in that great commission that Jesus has given us to make disciples and, and baptise them and bring people into the church. And the part two, which is no less important, that we as a church encourage one another, build one another, strengthen people in their faith in Christ, teaching them all of the things, all of God's word, and the way it enriches our lives and, and make, leads us to being more like Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we've put out there this morning our wish list for what this year might look like and the things that we're going to do. But we've noted many times that we will not be able to do it unless you are with us. We pray that you'll help this church to be faithful in doing your great commission, making disciples in Jesus' name and teaching the people who have believed in you to grow in their faith and in their maturity in Christ. And we just pray that you, by your spirit, might be behind all that we do. Encourage each and every one of us to find a place, to, to find our role within the mission. Not all missionaries, but we pray that we might be a church that is faithful in prayer, faithful in reaching out, Faithful in building one another up. Faithful in making Christ known. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.